Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning and welcome to the Football Digest weekly podcast. And uh, thanks so much for joining. And uh, with me this morning are my Daily Mirror colleague, Andy Dunn, Chief Sports Writer, uh, Jeremy Cross, Chief Sports Writer of the uh, Daily Star, Matt Dunn, Football Aficionado of the Daily Express. Morning to you guys. Um, we're going to look really at the overall excitement heading into the tournament. Um, in-depth look at England. Um, perhaps a chance, you know, where do we see the other home nations going? I think we've all made our predictions, um, mm. actually, uh, for, for various websites this morning and seen where um, England's chances go. And I don't think we're predicting great things for them <laughs> um, at the end of the tournament, are we? So, guys, you know, well, come on, it, we've waited a year for this. Um are basically, you know, we're a year, year ahead of schedule, so it better be worth the wait, hadn't it? Andy, how much are you looking forward to finally kicking off the Euros? Oh, in a, in a general sense, you know, really can't wait. I, I, I think we were talking yesterday up at St George's Park about how, how in a way it's sort of just crept up on us, really, these Euros, even though it's, you know, um, uh, a year delayed. And even though we've been waiting for three years for a major tournament after the promise and the excitement of World Cup 2018, it's still sort of crept up on us a little bit, mainly because the... The club season went on for so long and the club season, you know, we've had non-stop club football on a daily basis almost, you know, for the past um, the past year or so. So I think really the Euros, and with it also being based in different cities, I think that also, you know, sort of lessens a bit the anticipation. You know, it's, it's, it's very different from our point of view that we're not all, by now, we'd all be based in one camp in one country or, you know, in one place, one city. And the focus would be far sharper. At the moment, it just still feels like, you know, we're sort of, um, I don't know, just like a little bit like it's a bit low key. But of course, that will all change tomorrow night when when when, um, when the tournament gets underway, when it's it's Italy, Turkey, isn't it, I think, tomorrow night. And that will all, all change. And then you'll suddenly, you know, people don't realise there's going to be, on a lot of days, there will be, you know, three games on the TV, four games when it comes to the last round of the um, group stages, will be on TV in that day. And, and you know, with the European Championships, even though it is slightly expanded, it's still, you know, it's still full of every, of games that are high quality. So I can't wait for it to get going. On the on, That's on the broad scale. I think it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a great tournament. We're going to see stadium with, with, with the supporters in. We were all at Wembley for the FA Cup final and saw what a difference just, a 25% capacity Wembley, you know, made. It, it was astonishing after all, all this time with no fans. It was brilliant. Some stadium, I think, I think Baku, um, I think maybe has 50%. Obviously, Wembley, I hope, 50% towards the end of the tournament. Even more, maybe, for the semi-finals and final. So, on the broad sense, John, I just think it's going to be a fantastic tournament. It's one that, you know, football fans have, have been looking forward to in the sense that, you know, it feels a bit like, it feels symbolic, doesn't it? It feels more as well like the sort of uh, uh, not the end of 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 you know life 
um, during a pandemic, but it, it feels like a significant step back towards normality. And normality is is the hype, the excitement, the, the, the patriotism, you know, the sheer excitement of international tournament football, which cannot be beaten when it comes to football. You know, club football can take a back seat. This is going to be a great for every nation watching, not just England. Mm. Jeremy, do, do, do you share that optimism? We have been just through the, the craziest mm. Premier League season. Isn't this going to be a repeat of that Premier League flight in a way? Juice capacities, strange sort of atmosphere, strange setups, or am I being a bit negative there? No, it could be a microcosm of what we've all experienced, you know, in the last six months at least, 12 months, you know. I mean, obviously when football re- resumed after after the first lockdown, um, there was no fans at all in stadiums. And for, for us especially, it was a weird experience covering games with, with no noise other than, you know, the footballers shouting and screaming at each other. Um, and it won't be quite like that. We've obviously seen a percentage of fans return. That's going to be at the that's going to be similar at the Euros. I mean, we were all at the Champions League final uh, mm. in Porto um, just the other week, and that was a mm. wonderful atmosphere. And there was about 14,000 fans in that stadium. I don't know about you guys, but I, it was so loud, it felt like it was full. And it was like, mm, you know, a portent of probably what's to come um, around Europe in the next few weeks. So I totally concur with mm. Dunny. It should be a great tournament. Obviously, England playing a lot of games at home. Uh, things go to plan, you know. So um, the semis and final, at, at both at Wembley. I'm not sure that's a great thing for England, to be honest, but <laughs> I was doing a bit of research actually last night and a lot of host nations tend to not do that well, actually. It's very rarely that a host nation wins a tournament. I don't want to put a dabner on England, but um, I think... I mean, well, France. Lot. I mean, France, the last one, wasn't it? You know, France I mean, and they, they, they should they be winning also, that tournament, right? Yeah, and they also yeah. won the World Cup, obviously, on home yeah. soil as well. So they sort of booked the trend a bit. But before that, I think you have to go back to Argentina in 1978 for the last World host World Cup winners. I know that's a World Cup and it's slightly different to Euros. But no, there should be some great games, um, great atmospheres. Um, it's strange that we're not sort of really going to be travelling much. Uh, we're going to be obviously based in, in, in our own country this time round. But if England do well, you know, it, it all adds to the occasion. Mm, yeah, Matt, we, we, we're normally buzzing, aren't we, going into a major major tournament? And it's really, you, you know, I mean, it's rah-rah sort of kind of, you know, it's coming home and it's 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 kind of, you know, we're going to win it and all this rabble-rousing. We, we say we're not saying that, but other people are saying that they're doing it for us and we get into all that. Are you getting giddy with excitement as well or, you know, how do you see it? <laughs> Um, I'll get. I'll don't get. Try not to get giddy because falling over would be a massive thing for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, but no, I'm looking forward to it. I think what's missing is we've not been on a trip like we went on a trip to Russia together and felt like the adventure was starting. Uh, and here we go because of the the, the universal nature of the tournament. Um, I, I don't think that sense of a journey or a coming together that most tournaments have. Uh, and I don't know if that's got anything to do with COVID or just. Platini's original idea to do it this way. Um, what I hope is the fans in their d- separate stadiums really get behind showing the world that they're the best fans. Because I think from major tournaments, we always remember, say, the, the Dutch fans, the Irish fans, the Scottish fans, even, you know, on the odd occasion when they've got there. Um, uh, and you sort of celebrate that, that love of football. And I hope each individual stadium uh, really tries to showcase itself and sort of out-compete each other for atmosphere. Because let's not forget, unlike any other tournament, this is mainly going to be a television event. Uh, and, I, and I think 
that can be good and and that can be bad. We're going to miss the most people are going to miss the, the chance to see it live, but it is a fantastic opportunity to see the whole tournament, which I think we never normally get because we're stuck focusing on England normally. So I'm looking forward to seeing some of the other games that that often you miss because you're travelling or whatever. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. What watching on the telly? You mean? Little supplementing. Well, being able to see yeah. the whole tournament rather than yeah, yeah, yeah. No, than just focus on England and see what's going on elsewhere rather than just mm. catch catching highlights or whatever. Seamless link here, but basically while we focus on England, Andy. We're, mm. we're, we're, look, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think England should be having a great chance to win this tournament. I think the preparation means, frankly, that I don't think England will win this tournament mm. just because, you know, the, the, the upshot is of basically those report uh, those players reporting up late means that they, the whole squad will have five training sessions, five full training mm. sessions before they go against um, Croatia on Sunday. Is that enough? Where are the preparations? How do you see England's chances? Uh, I, 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 I do actually d- disagree in, in the sense that I think it is enough. You know, I think these players over the whole over the whole time, I've been together with England. You know, they keep saying what a tight group it is and how familiar the group is. So, I just think you know, I think it would be, I think it would be a a big excuse to try and claim that that, that you know we might not do well at the Euros just because there was a few players involved in the Champions League final and a few players are carrying injuries. You know, the bottom line is, is England aren't particularly missing, you know, huge swathes of players because of injury. Harry Maguire is injured. And if we take Jordan Henderson's fitness now on the basis of that second half against Romania and the fact that he's been training all week, you know, Gareth's not actually particularly, Nick Pope's obviously missing. He's not actually particularly short of any key players. So I just think, you know, I think every nation would have that sort of problem. And just because the players have had to turn up late, I don't think, you know, that's an excuse. They're not playing until, you know, until Sunday and then until the following Friday. So I think I think there are no excuses. I think there are no excuses for England in that sense. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say the preparation has been ideal, but I wouldn't say that it would be, it could be used in any way as, as a mitigation if they don't, if they don't qualify from the group stage, for example. On the broader picture, you know, um, and you mentioned about um, that we've all done our predictions. And certainly on the daily, I, I did notice, you know, I, I, I scrolled down. I haven't seen the lads, but I scrolled down the Daily Mirror, um, Mirror Sports predictions. And you know, there's a lot of a lot of people are making predictions. I mean, now there must be at least a, a dozen of us, you know, and there is only one who suggested that England will win the Euros. Um, and Who was and that? that? And that was Darren Lewis. Was it? Right. Yeah, it does. So has got has gone for England and um, and no one else. Um, um, Brian, I think that's probably just about. I, I mean, so that would be. See, for example, if there are twelve people and one has gone for England to um, win the tournament, I would say that's a, that's the realistic odds of England winning it. About twelve to one. You know, about one one, one person in twelve thinks they might win it. I think that's probably about the right odds. Unlike the bookies, which are. Ridiculous odds. So I think that's that, that's fair. You know, I mean, let's 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 get a few things straight. You know, England, you know, haven't won a tournament, obviously, as we all know, in fifty-five years. They haven't even been to a final in that time. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's no, you know, they got to the World Cup final, World Cup semis in two thousand eighteen, but lost to Belgium twice and Croatia. Got beat by Holland in the Nations League semi-finals in two thousand nineteen. You know, there isn't on the form book. You know, there's no solid reason to believe they're going to win this this tournament. You know, especially when you look around at the strength of other nations. But they have got 
I'm, I'm sure we'll come on to this, is, is while they, they have major maybe reservations in defence, they have got a wealth of attacking talent that if Southgate mm. finds the best combination, and that's the key, then then they they could, you know, surprise a few people. Is there a correlation between the only person who predicted England could win the tournament and the fact that that same person wasn't watching England play twice in Middlesbrough? Spot. I I I don't know what you mean about Darren's uh, Darren's choice of, of of teams and uh, yeah, the fact that he hasn't covered England for a while. I mean, look, we should be. You know, we should be in a place, shouldn't we, where we're optimistic. And listen, just for the record, I think if England are at full strength and they're absolutely going into this, then I would have backed them to win. Because, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a massive England fan. I'd love to see him doing it. You know, people will know just how much I love Gareth Southgate. Um, I'm not sure about his current get-up and attire, I have to say. But I much prefer the waistcoat to the strange piped um, polo shirt. But anyway... That's his fashion sense. I'm sure he's better at it than me. But I just think it's the it's the build up, isn't it? It's the it's the build up. It's players. I disagree, Andy. I think Harry Maguire's absence is massive. I do think yeah. a fully fit Jordan Henderson makes a world of difference. But Jeremy, those two games, those two friendlies, the defence. Come on, that that's the issue, isn't it? And basically, you know, how what does he do? to resolve that issue because it was glaring on both occasions, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, look, the two games in Middlesbrough I referred to earlier were a bit of a shambles, in my opinion. There were players playing who are not in the squad. And obviously Ben White played and subsequently got picked. But when they played Romania on um, Sunday, there were three players in the starting lineup who weren't actually officially in the squad for the Euros. So... Mm. I think there's been some muddled thinking from Gareth, if I've got to be honest. I mean, I think he gets a lot of things right. Most things he gets right, but I think he's... It just seemed a bit strange. And the what we learned, one of the few things we did learn from those two games was that the likes of Tyrone Mings and Connor Cody are probably not good enough to play, for the, to play at this level. And certainly not good enough to help an England side win a tournament. I mean, that some people Ooh. might think that's harsh, but... I thought Mings was terrible. I think again. it's harsh. <laughs> no, think I think I like Cody. I really like Cody. Did, I think yeah. Cody's outstanding, particularly, particularly in the three. I really like Cody. I can't yeah. disagree well, with you on Mings, now, mate. I think Mings is a, is a fine Premier League defender. I don't think yeah. he's England. Yeah. Totally agree with you on that one. Um, we, we have a problem, and that is if Maguire is clearly not going to be fit for Sunday, you know, that leaves a huge hole at the back. Does does that force Southgate to play in three at the back? And who will those three be? Who would play on the left mm. of that three? You know, we've got so much wealth of talent in midfield and uh, up front. But you're not going to win the tournament unless your defence is bang on it. I mean, it's like any, any competition you watch a team play in, especially a Premier League team. You know, goals win you games, but defense defenses win you win you tournaments and trophies. So that's an old adage, but it's true. It'll never change. So that's the worry for me that England don't have that stability at the back. Um, I mean, he played three at the World Cup, three at the back at the World Cup, didn't he? Mm. With um, Walker, Stones, and Maguire, and that worked pretty well. But like Dunny said earlier, I mean, as great as that was in Russia, England didn't beat anyone really of any substance, did they? They didn't beat a top, top nation. And when they came up against the top, top side, they lost. So mm. um, that's the issue for me. 
that'll, I think that'll determine whether we stand or fall, what he decides to do at the back. And even if Maguire gets fit for the second game, he won't have played for six weeks. So when I can't choose, believe he will. I don't think no. he'll play a minute in the group. I don't, don't think he will. Right, so whenever, no. he, whenever he does choose to pick Maguire, should that point come, it will be a huge, huge risk picking him. Yeah, it will. You may not even see Maguire in the tournament. No. Um, so if you stuck to a back four, who would partner John Stones in a back four? Probably I'd, Cody, I'd, probably Cody, but I don't know. I'd, 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 I'd go with a bit of form, Jess. I, I, I would actually, you know what, I, I would take a punt if I was uh, Gareth and I'd say John Stones and Ben White. Yeah, well, Ben White has been very impressive, actually. Very impressive, very confident. Um, yeah. Foot sure, both in terms of his thinking and, and the way he is. I mean, it would be it would be a huge gamble, obviously, because, you know, the guy wasn't even thought of as being part of the England setup. then gets in the 33, then gets in the 26 because of Alexander-Arnold's injury. Um, but I don't know, you know, I mean, from from what what understand, he's mightily impressive in training. I have the same reservations about Tyro Mings and Connor Cody as you do. And I just think it would be, I mean, it would be, an, you know, it, it would be seen as a risk. It would be a gamble. But, you know, I just think mm-hmm. he, he looks to me a player who is calm, composed, yeah. unlike, you know, unlike Tyro Mings, to be perfectly honest with you. I like a lot, but he, I don't think that calmness, that composure that Ben White seems to have is there. And I, I, I quite like that idea. Go for a four, go for Walker, Chilwell, Stones and, and White. I mean, and this, uh, defensively, I agree. I mean, I, ironically, of course, they kept two clean sheets in those games. You know, they, they, they might sort of throw back at you that they didn't, they didn't concede a goal. But I agree, you know, the first very good team they come up against would expose that defence. And, that, and that's the worry. That's why probably a lot of people haven't tipped England to win the tournament. It's because they believe that when they get to the knockout rounds and the first you know, what you might call a, an elite team, a, a France, Germany, or Portugal, or, you know, if they play the second from that group, will expose their defensive frailties in a way that Austria and Romania obviously didn't in the in the, um, in the the friendlies. So, and I think that's why most people are, and that's reflected by the fact that as much as I, I like Harry Maguire, I think Harry Maguire is a very competent defender, we really shouldn't be relying that much on, you know, you've got issues if the absence of Harry Maguire... Um, is a real, real, real big problem for you. You should have cover for the likes of Harry Maguire. He's good, but he, you know he, he's not that good enough that you think, oh, if Harry Maguire's out of our team, we've got a real issue. Ben you know White, what, Matt, one uh, of those you know what, I disagree with you. I, I yeah. do disagree with you. I'll tell you why. I just think I, I've come to realise, and I haven't always appreciated this, what a presence Harry Maguire is. Yeah. Honestly, I, th- I think he's underappreciated... You, you get better in your absence sometimes, and my God, he's got better in his absence. Matt, do you can I can I go back to you, please? It's just that basically, would you defensively? Your shout here, your England manager, as frightening as that feels. Um, do you go with a four or do you go with a three? Um, into the I, tournament. Also, please keep in mind that the last few months, the last couple of get-togethers, these friendlies we've just had, he's gone with a four, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I think it's just, it's an interesting question, and, and, and the, whether it's me or Gareth Southgate as England manager is probably a different answer. Um, hmm. If any other England manager, I think, would go, would see it for what it is and perhaps think, as Southgate did three years ago, we've got to go with a three because we're not good enough. And I fancy this job and I want to keep this job uh, and move on with it. I think though, Southgate identified in his reappraisal of 2018 that our biggest flaw was 
that we had play had to play with a back three, so we didn't have enough at the other end. Since then, whenever he has, he's tried to play with a back four, and I don't think he's somebody who would ditch that mm. and uh, and throw away a, an evolution, you know, a whole cycle of evolution of English football just because we don't have quite the right players. I think he's more likely to take the risk, go with a back four, even though it's not as strong as it should be, and hope that we learn to play that way better. And then eventually, by 2022, have the players who can play in a back four, and we've been playing that system for then, you know, 18 months, and we can win the World Cup in 2022. I don't see... You know, I think it's self-protectionism for him to suddenly go back to a three and him looking after his his reputation, which in, I genuinely, amongst most of the managers I've ever spoken of, I don't think he gives that much of a fuss about. So uh, I think it'll be a back four. You know, if it was me, perhaps a back three, but I think Gareth will stick with a back four. Yeah. Would I, I, back I, three be Dunny? Well, well, I'll tell you what, oh, sorry, you're going to say back three. I was, I, I was, go on then, Dunny, is your Who back three? Who would back three be Dunny? I think back three, you've, you've got Stones... You've got, I think Mings plays on the left of a back three. Okay, Cody does as well. So that's a t- and then Walker, but the it's three of them Walker. between them. You got Stone, Walker, Stone, Cody. Walker. So who are your three, Donny? Who are your three? The, 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 the three would be, I think, Stones, Walker, and either Cody or Mings. Yeah, well, who's the three? I'm just asking for three, not four. Cody then. Go then, Cody. 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 I, mean, I mean, it's interesting. Who, who, who's in the middle, Matt? Who's in the middle? I think you'd have to play that's, Stones there. But that would right. be Maguire's position if he was fit. Because that's the thing, you see. I think mm. if you analyse where, where England have played a lot, Ming, uh, sorry, Maguire has played, you know, on, on, the, yeah. on the left of the three a lot, yeah. hasn't he? And I just feel like it's interesting because I think that, Andy, you touched on it before, you would go White and uh, Stones, would you, in a, in a four. But yeah. I just feel that, that one of the key aspects, guys, in within this, and by the way, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy your time here because I'm gonna go around the room and talk about the forwards in a moment. And at the yes. end of it, I'm, end of each each of you, I'm gonna ask you for your starting eleven. Your starting eleven. Don't worry about yes. Gareth. Your starting eleven, okay? But then I just feel as if it's like so important that uh, you know England are clever bringing the ball out. And I just feel as if whether you do that with a three and then you have a key man like a Cody in the middle who, you know, keeps and retains possessions <laughs> good on the ball, so good on the ball, or you have a white and a, and a stones, you know, England cannot afford to be putting themselves under so much pressure as, as they have been the last two games by constantly giving the ball away out of defence. And that... You know, international level, you cannot just defend. You've got to be an all-round package. Uh, White, Cody and, you know, Stones are, for example, Maguire too. And I just feel as if, you know, that that's a big yeah. thing. And, Andy, let's. I'm going to ask you to look at the forwards in the conundrum, you know, because it's a similar conundrum. And then at the end of that, I'm going to ask you to name your starting eleven. So basically, who's your... You know, who would you start with up top, focusing on the forwards first? Because right top, my God, are we, are we we're struggling at the back. We're struggling to get them all in, in up front, aren't we? So start by looking at the forwards, if you will. In, in, in terms of in terms of midfield and forwards, are we are we talking the rest of the team now? I, I guess I guess you know if, if we go if you're going four two three one, fo- focus focus on the well, three and the one. I, th- I think I'd probably go pretty, pretty much. I personally would pretty much go. Where do you call a four-two-three-one? You could adapt it to that, but I would pretty much go four-three-three. 
Yeah, I would okay. definitely play a four. And I agree with Matt. I think, I think Southgate will also play a four, but I would definitely play a four. And I would take that risk with, with Ben White alongside uh, John Stones and I'd play Walker and Chilwell. Now, in terms of, of the attacking options, I would want, and again, I think Gareth might be the same, I would still, even though we're doubting their form at the moment, we'll say the two of their two of those these players form, I would still have Rashford Kane Sterling up top. Right. You know, they've served England well in the past. Um, I think there were signs that, you know, Rashford, I, I mean, you know, he, he, he sort of flickered a bit in in, in the friendly against Romania. Um, Sterling obviously has had the best end of the season, but his last game, you know, he, he, he's been okay for England and has done well in the past and I think has a big game temperament. And I would stick with them, at the, which means that I'm probably going to lose one of the two maverick talents in the group, I'm going to leave one of them out. So uh, Foden or Grealish. And I think I'd leave Foden on the bench rather than Grealish. I want to get Grealish in this starting lineup. I desperately want to get him in. I just think that there is nothing... You just sound like Matt Dunn there. You just sound like Matt Dunn. I believe you're picking Grealish. I think the case, for one, he beat Matt Dunn at Dart yesterday. So, I mean, (laughs) I've got to go in. I mean, like, you know, I I mean, so beating Dunny at Dart just basically cements it for me. No, I mean, I just think, I just think he's making an irresistible case. You know, if anything from those two friendlies... Clearly, Gareth wants to get minutes into Jack Grealish because of his, his his absence towards the end of the season. But not only did he do that, he was he was the best player across the two games, really. And it yeah. doesn't take you know you don't need a UEFA Pro license to know that when Grealish gets on the ball, things happen. Mm. Now, and I, so I want to get him in. I want to start. I want to. That, that's that's the sort of like I want to start the tournament by saying this is where we stand. We are now going to take a risk. We are, you know, we're not we're, we're not going to play. Five at the back, essentially. We talk three at the back, but essentially it's five, isn't it? And um, mm. we're gonna ha- we're gonna let Grealish loose at Wembley. I mean, you've seen him; he's full of himself at the moment, isn't he? Absolutely mm. full of himself. He's buzzing, isn't he? You know. Yeah. So I would get him Andy, in. So Andy, it really made me, Andy, it really made oh. me laugh yesterday when Grealish was doing his um, was doing his Zoom interview. I was in, yeah. in on the Zoom interview, right? And do you remember those great times before every World Cup, Pella? Would do a fantastic kind of, you know, go to go around the world, basically say that I don't know. Yeah, Belgium could win the World Cup. Zambia yeah, yeah, yeah. Could win Brilliant. The yeah. England could win the. And it was just yeah. felt like Jack Grealish was asked about, oh, who do you idolise this week? You know, and it was like he went through the whole repertoire. It was Rooney. It was it was Gaza. Even it Italian was... journalists said, "What about Francesco Totti?" Yeah. I heard but you, you... idolising him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, the right. thing is, that was that was that was a slight misunderstanding, wasn't it? Because. The Italian journalist said that you've been in the past. You've tweeted about Francesco Totti, um, um you know, what, and, and Grealish is a bit bemused. That's because he has indeed tweeted about um, Francesco Totti. But, but let's just say in, in a slightly more, uh, how can I put it, sort of jocular fashion. Um, I mean, oh, I didn't know that. Right. If you get my drift, um, from right, the names okay. of the Italian midfielder. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. Right. Yes. Oh, God, it was straight up my head. Yes, no, no, no. no. <laughs> if you, if you, um, yes, that's clarified. If, 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 yes, yes. It's a long story. It was a tweet that he made in 2014. Anyway, moving swiftly on. Moving yeah, swiftly yeah. on. So I think it was a slight Andy, I'll tell you what we do. I'll tell you, right, okay. We'll, 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 go, we'll, do. we'll get, we'll get your, we'll get the, we'll get the starting 11s in, in, in one round go. So, so I'll come back to your starting 11. Yeah. After, just, after just, the just, other guys. just one more thing. Just one more thing about the attacking mm. options, where I, and just what I would like to say is, is clearly also I wouldn't play two holding midfielders 
We suspect Gareth will. I wouldn't. I would just play Rice. I would play Rice and Mount. Um, yeah. Um, as if he, as if he won that two, but rather probably as a three. I'll come back to the start eleven when you come back to it, no problem. Okay. Okay. Jeremy, go on. No, 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 you're starting at 11. We'll do that at the end, actually. This is my this is my bad comparing. Uh what do you what do you what what's your what's your who would be your front three or kind of front line if you like? Well I'd play And what are the conundrums? I'd line up as a four, two, three, one. Okay. And the three would be Foden, Mount, and Grealish, with Kane up top. <laughs> Blimey. So no Sterling and no Rashford? No. They're not playing well enough. I think you've got to pick players on form. I, I yeah, get what you're yeah. saying. I'm a massive fan of Rashford. I think he's a great player. I just think he looks tired. I really do. He's yeah. had such a tough season with United. He's clearly playing with a few niggles. He's got a shoulder thing that I mm. think he's looking at at the end of the tournament. Listen, if, if he's fit and fresh, he'd be in my team every day of the week. Mm. I just don't think he's sparkling as, as we know he's capable, as we know he can. And I'm sad to leave you him think out, he played but... well Sunday? Do you think he played well Sunday? Oh, he was all right. He was okay. He was I mean, right. he's got the penalty, flitted in and out of the game. For me, it looks like he's really trying too hard. He's trying to take on three mm. people at once. He's running down blind alleys a little bit. He just had to... I just think he's tired. And, it, and you know, and that's totally understandable given he's played probably 60-odd games this season. Mm. United at an intense level, you know, all the way through to the Europa League final. Um, they went deep in the cups as well, so I would leave him on the bench. He's a great option to bring on Sterling. I don't know; he's such a frustrating player, Sterling. Mm. We know what he's capable of, and he's got that stature in the squad. He's probably the second most cap player in the squad, if not the most cap player. Him and Henderson, but again, he's just the end product from Sterling. He's not been good enough this, especially the second half of the season. And you know, he was picked that he caused. He was the centre of attention, wasn't he, in Porto for the Champions League final when he was picked by Guardiola. Anyone think he thought he was going to start that game against Chelsea? And um, Rhys James just had him in his pocket all night long. Yeah. He just looked like yeah. bereft of confidence, basically. There's some suggestion City might sell him. His future's up in the air. He looks distracted. So, yeah, I'm going Foden, Mount in the middle, Grealish on the left, Kane up top. Plenty of vision there and creativity for Kane to capitalise on. Mm, yeah, it is, I'm going it is, on Globetrotters, basically. Yeah, yeah, no, you are. You're certainly, <laughs> you are certainly, going, that, you are certainly going for it. Matt, what, what's, your, what's your front line and what, what are the conundrums around, around your thinking? Uh, well, my, my thinking is similar to Andy's, that uh, I think the front three, well, you start with Kane, that's a given. Yeah. Then the, the two inside him, I think you start Rashford and Sterling. Um, but, and, and I wouldn't have Bruch as my, uh, as my, in my starting 11, but I would have him warming up from the start because I think you stick with what you, what's worked for England before. And if it doesn't, we say, well, okay, let's see what you can do. Um, cause you do have to you, change. You just cut out, I'm sorry, Bruch. but you just cut out there when you <clears> said, who do you warm up from the sorry, start? Uh, who yeah. And Jack Grealish warming up from the start. Right. Okay. Fine. Jack Grealish yeah. warming up from the start. Because right. then you say, right, okay, my established stars aren't working. They've earned their right to start the tournament, uh, but they aren't doing it for me. Um, and I think Gareth Southgate does have quite a lot of loyalty to players who play well mm. for England, even if they're not playing for their clubs. Mm. Um, so you take him out and then you say, right, okay, we're going to plan B, which is Grealish, which is a change of dynamic for the team. 
um, and let's see what magic he really can weave because I'm still got to be convinced by his end product. He won the penalty. Um, yeah, he's just won penalties and uh, and things like that. But I want him to see make him making killer passes. I thought the key aspect, the key movement was the uh, Saka goal uh, yeah. when he burst into the, for a moment there, he looked like Gazza. His chest was puff, puffed out, but he didn't quite have the fitness or the, or the pace to get to the ball. A bit like Gazza in 1990, you could say. Um, but uh, but if he had have done, then that's your, that's the moment that he cements his place in the team. But he didn't. Mm. The defender hoiked it out to Saka. He did the rest. So I think that's the narrow margin. He is still away from booking his place in that first team. Are you yeah. are you not having Foden in your team, Donny? Yeah, I would, but I would have him deeper. Right. Well, so is is okay. one of the deeper line midfielders? Deeper line, whether it's four three three or a four two three one, you know, right. it's semantics, wow. but but as well. Right, you're going for it. I do like your Cavalier style there. Great. Now let, listen, let's go around the room. Andy, what's your what's your starting lineup? So it, 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 you know, we just just quickly before that is is yeah. isn't that a, a reflection of how good um, his options are, Gareth, about, uh, ahead of the defence that we're not even talking about Jaden Sancho, a sensational talent, you know, being a contender for a starting place. What what what, what yeah. a good sign that is. We haven't mentioned the fact exactly. that Jude Bellingham, Jude Bellingham, is just a mightily impressive, you know, young player. And that's well, I'll be so, interested so, to see because I, I I don't so, do Bellingham. Either. Okay, well, well, I'm sure you're going to announce him in your team. No, but go on, Andy, go on. Right, well, my, my team, obviously, I mean, Pickford in goal, uh, and then I would go with a back four, and I would take a risk on Ben White. I'd go Pickford in goal, Walker and Chilwell as the full-back, Stones and White um, as centre-halves. And then I would go, if, if I'll be, I'm going 4-3-3, simple 4-3-3, and I would have Rice, Mount and Grealish coming in. Um, in, in, in those positions, and then Rashford, Kane, and Sterling. So very attacking down that left hand side. Um, my only debate would be whether or not if you need. You see, he's not going to leave out Mason Mount, is he? And I don't think I would either. So I'm, I'm going with that. I'm going with Mount, Rice, Sterling, Rashford, Kane, um, Mount, Rice, Grealish, Rashford, Kane, and Sterling ahead right. of that back four. Right. Interesting. Interesting. And uh, Jeremy, go on. Pickford in goal. Back four, Walker, Stones, White and Chilwell. Two holders in Bellingham and Rice. Mm. And then you've got Foden, Mount and Grealish and then Kane up top. Mm. I think Bellingham's so good. I know yeah, he's 17. Yeah. Yeah. I just think you're looking at someone who in five years' time is going to be probably the best midfielder Superb. in the world. Just and I don't think he'd be overall. From what I've seen of him, I don't know him unless he's been playing in Germany, but... From what I'm told, he's one of these guys who just sort of, whatever level he goes up, when he goes up a level, he just fits seamlessly in. And bit. When you talk to the England players about him, they all rave about him. And they, obviously, when they're raving about him, you know he's pretty special. So I think what, you know, you know what? We've not won a tournament for 55 years. Let's just, you're going to have to take a gamble at some point if you're going to try and win the yeah. tournament. And yeah, picking him would be a gamble because he's so inexperienced. But if he's good... If he's that good, he'll find a way to 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 work it out. Yeah. Matt, what are you going for? Right, I'm going to play my Roy Hodgson card, who told us all around the dinner table two months before the Euro 2016 that there's no way Rashford was going uh, and then probably picked him. So having said yes. earlier that I'd probably go for a three, um, I'm, I'm going to be bold and go for the four. Um, I'm going to go for Stones and Mings, I think, because I think that's the, the possibly <laughs> the two that could work best together. 
but I would be nervous every time the ball came near them. Yeah. Um, but every, then, every uh, time the ball came near them, them or every them, time the ball came them. near things. <laughs> The issue with Stones is, I think Stones would be fantastic if you had Maguire alongside him. Yeah. Totally. That assurance. And obviously, if Stones has Mings alongside him, Stones becomes the senior defender. Mm. He has to take most of the responsibility. And for as much such a wonderful player Stones is, mm. you always know he's got a rick in him, don't you? Yeah, you do. No, mm. You totally do. He has been good this well, season, though. Yeah. He's played alongside Ruben Diaz. So, Ruben Diaz has turned Stones into back into the player we know he can be. Yeah, Mings is not yeah. going to do that. No. I totally That's why Maguire's absence is, is, is pretty big. But I mean, yeah. Maguire's become a sort of combination of like Beckenbauer and like Bobby Moore, hasn't he? Maguire. Blimey. <laughs> <laughs> Old Slabhead. Old Slab, who would have thought it? Oh, <laughs> he is, though. He is that, he is that player. Oh, right, I'm going yeah, to rattle through mine. So I'm going to share mine. I was Please gonna, do. I was going to claim the fifth and basically say I'm a host, so I don't need to. But basically, I'm going to go 4 2 3 one, because of that formation. I like that formation. I hate the fact three, by the way. I think it's such an ugly formation. So do I. I don't like it. I really don't like it. People say, oh, it can get the best out of attacking. No, no, it's defensive in my view. I'm right, going four, to go 4 2 3 one. Pickford, Walker, Stones, White, Chilwell. Sorry, Andy. I'm nicking your inspiration. Yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I've picked that one. Rice and Bellingham. And then I'm going to go Foden, Mount, Grealish, Kane. It's a big... That is? Well, no. So so you're no Rashford and you're no Sterling as well? Look, I'm with Jeremy on this. Interesting. I just feel you have to pick players on form. It's a big shout on Sterling stroke Grealish. It really is. And I'm pulled. I have to say, you know, I thought that... Your Sterling's big as well, Sunday. I thought, uh, Sorry. I said, you are a big fan of Sterling as well. Massive fan of Sterling. But I just worry about his form at the moment. And so look, it is a, the, my, the, the, my biggest call between in the team is Grealish or Sterling on that left. Yeah. Because I think Raheem, on on when when he's on form, all day long, he, he's a he's a player in the team of the tournament. Never mind the England starting lineup, mm. but is he in is he in the right zone? That's my issue. If he is great, he, he starts. The only I'm worry sure about is we picked mm-hmm. the same team. The only slight worry reservation I have about my our our starting eleven is mm. the lack of blistering pace in that front. Four. Yeah, yeah. Totally. As great as as great players as Foden, Mount yes. Greenwich are, yes. there's not a Sancho pace, a Rashford no. pace in there. You've got, got to beat Mount. I think that's why, that's, why we, that's why Southgate might pick. It's funny, what, what, we've all got oh, Mountain, oh, haven't we? Gone, yeah, yeah. Well, Matt's, back, Matt's back, back with his work. We've it's, all got Mountain. It, it's funny you should say that, John, because I'm actually looking at mine now and thinking, there's, there's a, you know, where, where's the... Uh, there's a slight absence of um, defensive mindedness apart from Rice in, 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 the, in the midfield. And ideally, in, in, my, in my formation, I'd, I'd probably if I was going to have two ahead, it would be maybe Rice and Bellingham, or Rice and Phillips. Um, but, you know, it, it seems harsh to, you know, I, I'm assuming that, that, that Mount is, is almost, he's almost become an automatic starter under Gareth, hasn't he? Yeah, you know, I, 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 I,
and no, absolutely no chance because he's a player that works so hard. Yeah, and, yeah. and basically combines that hard work and industry. Yeah, he could probably with, play a bit deeper in, in, in the position I've got yeah. him. Yeah, but no, I, he can. But, he can. I don't think he's at his best in that. If I'm honest, no, I, 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 I probably agree. Actually, yeah. So yeah, it's a tough yeah, one. Yeah. Just shows what a tough look, job he's guys, got. Let's move on from England. We're not yes. totally England centric, but look, let's, yeah. look, let's look at the other home nations. Obviously, Scotland are in England's group. So. You know, make up of England's group. Who gets out? Do Scotland ever, ever, you know, ever, ever? I mean, personally, I think England's hardest game in, in this group will be against Scotland. Uh, but basically, do Scotland get out of the group? What What do we think, guys? Yeah, I, I think I think they'll get out of the group. I I, I think there's there's a there's a momentum behind Scotland um, mm. that they haven't had obviously um, for quite some time. And listen, we 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 know that we've dealt with this guy on many many. For many, many, many years in um, uh, in different positions, and you know, there's there's probably no cannier coach than Steve Clark at, at this at this tournament. You know, if mm. if you want someone to put together a plan and a team for specific games for specific challenges, I think Steve Clark is is absolutely ideal for that. And, and I just think there's, you know, they've got players in. Clearly, we, we know about um, the likes of, of Andrew Robertson um, and Tierney and, you know, but you just look at the influence of players like Scott McTominay, who, who mm. you know, is probably United's best player in that ill-fated Europe Rugby League final. They've got, you know, a dozen or so high-quality Premier League players. There's, there's absolutely no reason, I don't think, why they can't qualify from that group. I certainly would, would back them over the Czech Republic. And I certainly think the game with England will be very close. Um, and, and likewise, Croatia. I mean, you know, this England should be favourites of this group, but I would have, you know, I, I think Scotland, I just think they've got some real energy momentum behind them, and I think they'll qualify. Got to remember as well, Crossy, yeah. this is the first tournament they've qualified for since France 98, I think. Mm. So, you know, that's a hell, hell of a long time not to be in a major tournament. And yeah. mm. what do they have to lose? I mean, Clark, Clark said earlier this week they'll play on the front foot. They, yeah. they'll, they'll go, for, go for wins. They won't try and eke out a draw with anyone. They'll, they'll play they'll play a, an aggressive type of football. And they absolutely have nothing to lose. They've, not, no. never, they've never qualified, have they, from a, from a group stage? So, um, you know, they're, they're, they, they have everything to gain and... I'm expecting to be really positive. And they've yes. got some established Premier League players in that mm. team. Uh, Billy Gilmore's an exciting new player who's yes, at Chelsea. So, you know, they've got they've got some talent there. I expect them to and also there's quite a lot of teams can reach the knockout stages in this format. Yes, yeah. Is it sixteen from twenty eight or something? So yeah. um yeah, they've got every chance of getting through. An England yeah. game obviously will be like a cup final to them. It'll be it's one of those games where you just feel there's a lot of levels in Oh, we're into such patronising tone, yeah. We're into such patronising tone, yeah. That's Let's a North the Scots. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, <laughs> if we need someone to break down the complexities of getting out of the groups, who qualifies, who gets into the next phase, oh, who will get out of the group, Matt Dunn's our man. Come on, Matt. We'll break, it down. We'll break it down. Break it down. Well, I think it's with all these things, you're struggling not to get out of the groups, aren't you? Um, you've just got to get a, re- a good result, a win, three points, buys you, almost buys you a ticket in the knockout yep. stages anyway. Um, you want to get a draw on top of that to pretty much make sure, um, unless you're very unlucky. Uh, and that's the task facing teams like Scotland and, as Boris calls it, any other home nation, Wales. <laughs> um, 
Um, then, um, you know, that's, I mean, that's why with Wales, their opening game is key against the Swiss. If they win that one, they've got to get one point from six and they're pretty much in the next round. And what's really weird about the strength of the draw, and I kind of mapped out a what-if scenario, as you imagine. I don't know if we all do or it's just me, but, you know, result by yeah. result, who finishes where. But actually, as Wales found four years, uh, five years ago, you don't have to win the group to get a decent draw. And you can mm. get through as a third-place qualifier and actually be in a better position than you are if yeah. you win the group. So... Where you qualify because automatically you get to, the top two go through automatically. Just to clarify, yes, that, isn't it? I'm sorry, and, two, and, and, and basically, but you, and then, you get the, lucky the four best there teams, yeah, third teams. So as long as you don't finish bottom of your group, um, so four best third teams, be, yeah. So yeah, the four best third teams, but yeah, there's four out of six. So you've got you're more likely than not to go through finishing third, which I think is key. So really, you know, if you can get one, and, and you could play the the unexpected winner of another group, yeah. And get well, easy because then suddenly, if if it's some minnow finishes top of the group that you're not expecting, if you can beat them, that part of the draw is blown wide open because it's yeah. supposed to be a decent team there, and that's that's the weird thing. Whereas you can finish top of of Group B, for instance, and face an absolute nightmare in the next round. Mm. Yeah, I, I, everything. I, I I think it's impossible, isn't it, to to kind of plan to finish second history right. tells us that mm. that is such a mistake because these mm. things never it's football you know that's that's the point yeah. this is unexpected we can never plan like that can we i don't think it's ridiculous uh, i just want to just want to move on to wales generally andy what do you yeah i i mean i i watched them uh in their their last friendly and the goals is going to be the issue isn't it i mean they've got lots of you know they've got goals uh, goals right, clear the issue yeah, yeah, goals is a clear issue, you know, um, which is why he's got this dilemma of whether he plays Kiefer Moore up front. Um, mm. He hasn't been starting him, and he, you know he seems to come with, you know, a guarantee of goals at Cardiff certainly. And of course, it's ironic because you got Bale, who, who you know, whatever you think of him, is his goals to minutes ratio for Spurs was actually quite good, you know, and mm. and. But well, that's because Jose never played him. <laughs> well, that's only just him. But, oh, but you, you know, and yeah, goals will be the issue. But bear in mind that you, you know a, a lot of games at, at, at tournament level are are notoriously tight. You know, you, you know. So a one 0 win is as good as a as a three two win, and they are notoriously tight. And and I think Wales can you know bring that organisation to that group. I just think they've got a really difficult group. I mean, I, I do think that you know. <sighs> I don't know. Italy quite clearly are are in absolutely, you know, a, a purple patch of form at the moment. Mm. Absolutely, you know, flying at the moment. I heavily fancied to win that group. You know, I mean, Turkey um, are a very, very good team. You know, and even Switzerland, you know, are, are are competent. You know, England just about beat them. It was on penalties, was it, in the end, in that Nations League game? couple of years back and you know I just think they've got a phenomenally tough group and bear in mind as well unlike England you know they're 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 playing you know they're playing away games you know games for example in Baku where you know it will be there's probably going to be more fans of the opposition um who are based there locally than there are Wales fans so I just think it's a really really formidable proposition that, that a challenge that Wales have got on the hand and I think it will be an achievement to make out of that group. And also, Wales relied, have relied so heavily on that holy trinity of Bale, Joe Allen and um, yeah. Aaron Ramsey, who are all now in the 30s. Bale, I think, turns 32 in next month. So, 
you know, they were great for Wales. They drove them on in the Euros in 2016 yeah. all the way to the semi-finals. But that's five years ago now. Those three players are still probably the three key players that Robert Page will be, be relying on. And obviously, Wales have had that horrendous um, problem with gigs in the build. They've lost gigs for obvious reasons. We all know about well-publicised events off the pitch. So Page is very inexperienced on the front line. So, you know, mm. you throw it all together and it, it looks like it's quite an achievement actually to have got to, to, this, to the finals in the first place. Can't see him getting out of the group. No, no. Matt, I've got to say, I kind of, you know, get sucked into this little England sort of approach. Don't see beyond England's problems. <laughs> Spain's problems. <laughs> I mean, you know, in fairness, I keep on sort of saying, you know, England have, you know, keep on having so many problems. But Spain's problems, because this team is, this Spanish team had, had real potential, I, I would mm. argue, you mm. know, going into, I mean, they've been beset by controversy, you know, no Real Madrid players and then, you know, mm. picking what, you know, not not the full quarter of twenty six, and now sort of kind of COVID cases, and you know the prep their preparation has been disastrous, hasn't it? That's horrendous, isn't it? And the thing is, with every new test, you don't know how much worse it's going to get. Yeah, because mm. of the incubation. I mean, we could suddenly see some more positives, and suddenly mm. it's it's getting very dark. Mind you, they're under twenty ones did well against Lithuania, so perhaps they'll just bring in a new generation off the beach and and do a Denmark, whatever, but. Um, yeah, I mean, you, for for every manager, you sort of, you know, whether Harry Myers quite fit or not, pales into insignificance, doesn't it, compared to something managing something like that? But unfortunately, that's the world we are in, and we knew it could happen. You know, you, it's it's just another reminder of, you know, we're not out of the woods in this global scale yet, uh, and you know, we need to not think about this as life getting back to normal but us perhaps coping with it a bit better and uh and doing the best we can in the circumstances but but yeah i mean spain might weirdly get some sort of inner strength from yeah from adversity yeah that's happened before and you know they might get enough results to to get them through into knockout stages and players come back when they when they're freed up and uh you know they do well so uh yeah. but yeah but you have to feel for them Andy, I really fancy France. I mean, yeah, Benzema was a gamble, though, wasn't it? I mean, Sorry? you know, Benzema. I, I Benzema has yeah. had just an amazing season for Real Madrid. I mean, it has been a divisive issue in the past. He's the only team that can beat France themselves, almost because they've surely got the best squad going into the tournament, haven't they? Yeah, they, they have got the best squad. I, um, I actually went out for a pint on Monday night, and and, and uh, over my uh, was it Monday night or Tuesday night? And Tuesday night it was, sorry. Um, on Tuesday, I went for a pint and, and just chatting with, with a mate. And, and then just over his shoulder, I was just looking at their, their friendly game against Bulgaria, you know, and you talk about Benzema, you know, I, I saw Giroud there, you know, proving that he's still at international level. He scores goals. I'm like, you know, it, it, it's, it's, and I saw Mbappe missing a couple and a bit upset. And you saw Griezmann scoring then coming off and you just, you know, I mean, every name that comes up on the screen. They have got an incredible squad. I mean, when you say, they, I mean, listen, I think there are some very, very good teams, you know, who will be in opposition to them throughout this tournament, England included, you know, so there are, I think it's a high quality European championship, but they are clearly the best squad. They're the best squad with, you know, with pedigree, with a, a winning mentality they're bringing in from 2018. Um, 
And I just, yeah, yeah they are. Just, they, they they should be quite strong favourites. They are just about favourites, bizarrely, ahead of England. Um, and in some bookmakers' lists, they they're, they're actually a little bit behind England, which is absolute nonsense. It's why English bookmakers are very wealthy individuals. But um, it's they, they yes, John. I mean, in, in answer, you, you know, they, they are they are the best team. You know, we talk about you know, you talked about, and we've been talking at length about. Um, England's defensive issues, and, and, and you know, and, and, and how we are incredibly reliant on on Harry Maguire, and how we're going to take a gamble and put Ben White, who wasn't even you know considered for England, you know, not so long ago. You talk about that, and then you talk about should England come up against France, you know, and the attacking trio they'll probably face are Griezmann, Mbappe, and Benzema. Uh, it's a frightening thought, isn't it? So, um, yes, yeah. I mean, we're the favourites. And, and and you might be right. If they perform to their best, then then they sh- they then they win it. But I, I'm not yeah. sure they will. No, it's interesting. Uh, I fancy Belgium personally. Uh, I, I just think Belgium right. have an have an have an almost equally um, talented squad, almost. Um, and I just think it's their time. I think I think that was a gold. This is a golden generation of Belgian players who sh- who should have done better. Um, World Cup 2018, and I think who will do better. I mean, these Euros. No, it's, it's interesting. Don't mention the Germans. Well, I was going to, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to mention to you. You've stolen me thunder. Because <laughs> Germany used to be absolutely stitched on and we sort of say, oh, if you, you know, basically it's like almost winning the league. If you finish above Germany, you've won the league, basically. It's like, you know, but where are Germany in the conversation, Jeremy? Well, they're not, they're not one of the favourites, are they? Which shows you that they have obviously fallen back a little bit in recent years. They've gone off the boil. Um, they're not the powerhouse they once were, or have, they were for years, weren't they? They were always the favourites to win any tournament. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have them down in your top four, really. I mean, but you know, how many times have we seen the Germans prove people wrong? And um, you know, they'll be well organised. They have some great players still. Um, so. Yeah, I wouldn't write them off, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have them down to win. I think I'm, yeah. you know, they'll be, they'll probably get to the quarterfinals. I'll be staggered if they don't get to the quarterfinals. Mm. But you know, I don't think they've got that extra quality that the likes of Belgium and France, even Portugal. Have. I mean, we haven't talked about Portugal really, but they've got Incredible, a really yeah. squad as well. You know, Ronaldo's still in supreme shape for his age. The talisman, um, we know what he's capable of. We've got Ruben Diaz at the back. We've got Bernardo Silva. They've got some great players, Portugal. And they're the current holders, of course, so they know what it takes to win. So, you know, there are actually, when you look at the overview of the tournament, there's some great teams in it, some great young players, mm. the Mbappes of this world and the Fodens. It should be a great tournament. There should be some great mm. games, some great young, young talent that we've come to see establish itself on the biggest stage looking ahead to the World Cup, which is not too far away. Yeah, yeah sure. Yes. I must say, I think Mbappe is, my, is, is you know, just, just a sensational player. System. Ben Wilde playing on the game in the final. <laughs> 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 I just love watching Mbappe. I just think he's. We'll have Harry back by then. <laughs> oh, what a play! What a play! Um, Matt, who would be your choice? Who, who do you who do you see emerging from the contenders to win it? Um, I, I'm not sure Belgium have missed their chance. I mean, a lot of that's been saying. And while Johnny are going to win it, unfortunately, it's still going to be talking. I've struggled oh, to look Your wife has gone there a bit. Yeah. Oh, that's again, every time I say something, it's very Where is Dunny? 
It's in Burton. Yeah, it's in Burton, the middle yeah. of nowhere. There's a lot of books in that hotel room, isn't it? He's starring, he's starring in that BT advert. You know, basically. Uh, I, Put yourself on mute, Paul. I just... No, Coffee. no, you were breaking up there. You were breaking up there. Give it another try. Give it another try. Go on. Who, who's your, who's your, who's your um, choice? I, well, basically, I, I think France, I don't see anyone. There's so much talent. To, so if some of them are good, that'll be enough. Um, Belgium, I think, have missed their chance because Hazard's not the player he was. De Bruyne, you're not sure you know, what sort of a player he's going to be uh, you know, after what happened at the end of the season. Um uh, so yeah, no, I, I can't see beyond France, but uh, I don't know if he calls it. Uh, Germany, will, I, I fear that they're going to end up in our path somewhere and put pay to our hopes, but not quite be good enough to win it themselves. The Italians, so, uh, so uh, absolutely. But the Italians, yeah, the Italians are the only ones who I think could stand up against France and, and, and match them. So uh, it's between I went for France, Italy, fine, France. Actually. Yeah, I, I think I think Italy. Italy, Italy their their pre-tournament form is is, is, is yeah. superb. Defensively fantastic, and they play a bit more attacking attacking minded now, don't they? In the Manchester, yes, absolutely. I think I think they, yeah, I think the only problem is the sort of absolute pedigree up top. But, um, yeah, uh, but 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 let's see. Uh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But listen, guys, I'm going to fi- do a sort of bit of an uh, finally now. Finally, yes, really, it's a bit in honour. Of Phil Foden's new haircut, basically. So I'm going to go around the room in traditional style. I'm going to start with you, Jeremy, and then Matt, and then Andy, and then basically for obvious reasons. Um, and basically, what's what's your worst tournament hairstyles? You got a bit. You got a bit. Of, you know, you got a bit of license on this one. If you can well, think of kind of you know, you know any, any weird get up or whatever, I I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I googled it this morning to refresh my memory. There's some absolute else's. <laughs> You've got Bobby Bobby Moore's uh, Bobby Charlton sweep over in '66. That was a belter, wasn't it? Just, that was actually yeah. quite trendy back then. You've got Valderrama's Valderrama. I'll be back with you on set. Remember Valderrama at the World Cup? Yeah. His fizzy yeah. there. Yeah. You've got the Baggio Baggio ponytail. Divine ponytail. Yeah, uh, what else did I get? But my, there was obviously the Romanian guys, weren't they? They all bleached yeah. blonde hair together. But the worst haircut I think I've ever seen was Ronaldo's fringe in 2002. Can you remember when it was like a slice of pizza in front of his head? Yes. And apparently, he had it done to try and dis- detract the journos, the, the media, from the fact that he was carrying a little bit of a groin injury. So he had a stupid haircut, thinking it would detract from, you know, them talking about his injury. And it worked for him. He scored eight goals that tournament. Yeah, Golden Boot, yeah. they won the World Cup. Yeah, and made up for what happened four years earlier. Exactly. Yeah. If you Google the pictures of that haircut, that is one horrendous haircut. I do do remember that one. That was an absolute. That was an absolute stinker. Matt, what, what's what's your thoughts? Who who's, who stands out in your well, memory? Well, I had to try. I had to think a bit more carefully because World Cups always stand out with some absolutely outrageous haircuts in championships. <laughs> He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah. He's gone. Right. Gonna, gonna have to, down. There's a you're guy that just You're going to have to get your money back on that wife. I did have the pleasure of sitting next to Weirdly um, in the opening ceremony of the Ryder Cup at Celtic Manor. I was uh, sat next to uh, Rude Hullet when he had his closely shaved locks. And it was the first time I wonder whether those iconic 1988 pictures of him fully with his hair down to his shoulders and whether whether that was in fact a wig 
uh, but it was certainly remarkable at the time. But but the, the year 2016, I don't know if you remember, Pogba uh, went through the tournament with the French national symbol etched into the side of his hair. Yeah. And a French fr- friend of mine thought, what a great idea, went into the barbers. His only regret was he didn't ask for a French rooster because the word he used ended up with a very different picture on the side of his head than the one he intended. But uh, but unfortunately, with the French word for rooster being le coq, then uh, that's one of the unfortunate situations that you can face up to. But uh, needless to say, you're kidding me. He, he spent most of the tournament wearing a hat. Oh my god! Takes a bit to be fair. Pressure on Oh god. Yeah, uh, dear, dear. Andy, come on then. Uh, sorry, the, the, the guys would not leave. The, the, stop knocking at the door, so we just had to go and get that. So I missed Jez's. I missed some of Jez's. Anyway, did you, I presume you had Ronaldo's of two thousand two? Yeah, I went for the pizza. The pizza chunk on the front of the. Yeah, floor. I remember. He, I was covering that tournament. I remember him saying, he, he, "He said he did it to distract from the, so that we write and talk <laughs> more about that bar right. than than we did about his injuries. That he had a dodgy hamstring yeah. didn't he, or whatever." Well, this is this isn't quite a major tournament, but it did get me thinking. Not quite a major tournament, but this was like a Liverpool under eighteen junior cup final, mate. And it was it was my, it was my good self. Me and my, um, we were in the final, and we got wind. We got wind, and this is what players do. Do you remember when, like the the the, the people in Baden Baden, the, the the wags would, would have a fake bake ahead of a game, you know? So it was a big game, and you just going to be cameras there. You, you get done up, and anyway, me and my mate sport. We were playing in this um, in this cup final the next day. We got win and we were told we we're going to have our picture taken for the local paper ahead of the cup final. It was like late May, you know. It was a typical cup final day. So we thought, you know what, we're going to do something for this. So we got in touch with a, a, a girl we used to know, Kim, a mobile hairdresser in Liverpool. Uh, and and we said, Kim, can you? There was a this. I don't want to sort of like you know caricature scousers from that particular area, but it was like it was sort of early mid eighties. So we got, we both had a wet look perm, right? So we both got a wet look perm before the final. I think we were playing Dilla Salah. I can't remember. We were favourites to win this competition. But we knew, so we both got a wet look perm. And Kim was a brilliant mobile hairdresser, but, you know, she didn't use most expensive products. Like, you know, so the wet look gel she's put on, on our hair before we go isn't exactly, you know, it's not, it's not Vidal Sassoon. It's not like, you know, high-end sort of, you know, the sort of stuff you get now. So we put all this on and we, and we go say, anyway, it turns out to be one of the hottest days of, of, of late spring that day. So, and this wet look perm, we are literally, literally just bombarded by bees and wasps for the entire game. I got stung more times than I actually touched the ball. We got beat 6-0 and, 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 and came off the pitch, literally stung, wasps in your head. And that was the worst tournament hairstyle I've ever had anyway, that's for sure. <laughs> I love true it. story, love that. Absolutely <laughs> true. Wet look pen. Like Barry and yeah. Terry off Brookie. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> puts me in mind of a fancy dress outfit. That I, I went as Al Pacino Scarface to a French party. And white basically suit. put some of that, you know, wore the white suit and basically put some black, you know, hair dye, Damn, sort yeah. of spray on hair dye. You know what's coming, obviously. It's bloody rains and get what, what or whatever. Yeah. It's bloody old. 
We all know some colleagues in the press into the bloody white suit, which has never yeah. been seen we, again. We all, <laughs> we all know some colleagues in the press box who have that problem on a regular basis, you know, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, chestnut brown, shall we say? Uh, right, um, guys, that's it. Thanks very much indeed. Thanks for thanks for joining. Thanks everyone for watching. And uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I hope you have the. Uh, I hope uh, everyone has a successful and enjoyable Euros. Guys, I look forward to sharing a press box uh, with you all at Wembley. And uh, yeah, and let's let's hope that England defy our expectations. I'm well, sure they will, because we always have a habit of getting these predictions wrong, and I'd love to be proved wrong. Um, enjoy the Euros. Have a wonderful time. <laughs>